Humanity can be so strange sometimes. That evening, which started with cartoons and corn dogs, ended with a deep dive into the fine line between what is monstrous and what is moving. Once dinner was squared away, we started in on the boy's homework. The boy, that's my son, it's a nickname that stuck once we had a girl, was diagnosed with autism at age seven. He's what you'd call high-functioning, though that classification is misleading in so many ways, as if he's only got a little autism. But because society has deemed him passable enough for a normal education, he went to a public school and had all the usual homework. That night, the assignment was for his language arts class, which was in the midst of a unit about modern essays. He had to read an essay about 9-11. What this really means is that I had to read said essay about 9-11 to him, because that's how homework with learning disabilities works at our house. This essay was... (sighs) unexpectedly difficult to share with him. Just three sentences into the second paragraph, there was a line about bodies falling, and the catch in my throat as I said that out loud made him stop me. He didn't recognize that reference, and I had to explain to him the appalling choice the people in the upper floors of the towers had to make that day. Die by fire or falling building? Or jump? How do you make that choice? And how bad must it be to have to? I also had to clarify that no, the firefighters could not just set up a net under the falling people to catch them. Our tallest building here in Salt Lake City is a mere 30 floors, but I think the boy has only ever really experienced Uncle Jeff's seventh floor condo, so I found that he couldn't fathom the enormity of a building with 94 floors, and what would happen if one were to jump from that. It was distressing to talk about with him, but more so to see the understanding of it rip open his innocence and settle in his mind like silvery ash falling from the sky. He also couldn't fathom the enormity of my feelings, as my voice cracked and broke on the words that summoned so many memories. The fear in my mother's voice when she called to say, Honey, turn on your TV. The eerie quiet in the empty skies, and the look in everyone's eyes as we wondered what came next. Truly, the terror of the end of days. The boy laughed when I had to stop reading again because I had made a hilarious squeaking noise, but... He was instantly aware that the silly noise was incongruous to my quivering lip and the water welling up in my eyes. All I could do was whisper quietly to him, It's just that I remember. He kindly said that we could take a break if I needed, which which made my little heart and mother proud. But I wondered who needed the break more. As my face became wetter and wetter with the emotions I couldn't control, I watched him avert his eyes. He'd once explained to me that eye contact was overwhelming, and I used to think that it was his discomfort with trying vainly to comprehend what another person might be thinking. He was an uncontrollable and infuriating youngling with what looked to me like a callous disregard for other people and an inability to think of anyone's feelings but his own. My sagacious son, however, turned all of that on its head for me one day with one simple conversation. He finally found the words to admit that he didn't like to watch the movie Labyrinth because it upset him that the baby was kidnapped by goblins. He later identified himself as a vegetarian, and when I pressed him on it, I learned that it was not because meat offends his sense of taste and texture, which is so common in autism, 
but because it offends his ethics. The idea of eating another creature is morally repugnant to him. The boy feels. He feels and feels and feels and feels. <laughs> and then he feels some more. So this night, I grasped that when the boy looked away, it was because my pain was hurting his heart. I let him sit with me through it, though, rather than excuse him to play his games while I sifted through the twisted and collapsed facade of perfection I usually choose to wear. I powered through the essay, and we did not take that break. Because every year they hear about the events of a September 11th in school, but the dry reports of 20 years after the fact had not impressed him as much as his mother's tears seemed to that night. It felt like an important lesson. A monstrous lesson about a monstrous world, but also an exquisitely moving lesson. At least for me. Because each time I needed to pause the reading to swipe at my nose and breathe deeply, he paused too. I noticed him become so, so still. He couldn't meet my eyes, and yet he breathed with me.